If you are just getting started with the NGSS and 3D teaching, I want to invite you to check out Bring Wonder Back, an on-demand video series designed to help you understand why moving through the textbook and teaching topics is actually crushing your students' curiosity and what you can do instead. It's going to help you shift the work of learning where it belongs by building your understanding of explorations and discovery-based teaching practices. And finally, I'm going to help you take the first steps toward transforming your students into scientists through 3D learning, which is really what the NGS is all about. You can access this video series at iExploreScience/wonder and get ready to bring wonder engagement and a love for learning back to your science class. All right, to the show. Welcome to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. My name is Nicole Van Tassel. And I'm Erin Sadler. And we are two science teachers dedicated to helping you cut through the confusion and meet the intent of the NGSS so you can master all three dimensions. The NGSS can seem totally overwhelming, but implementing these standards doesn't need to be. We are back with another episode of Teaching Science in 3D. I feel like I was channeling like Mary Poppins or something. <laughs> um, but we are talking about writing in science today. So we got a question from Paige from Utah, and she was asking about um, how do you recommend allowing students to explore and just do science, but also write down important information? So, yeah, where do you want to start, Erin? <laughs> Um, oh, hey, we forgot to introduce ourselves. I'm Nicole Van yeah. for Science, and <laughs> I'm Erin Settler from Settler Science. Yeah, okay. I, yeah. I think, um, I think with this one, like, it's important that whenever they're doing something, that they're also writing stuff down, like writing down their observations and all of that kind of stuff, because some of their like ahas and some of their, you know, like. Um, the things that they're seeing are going to get lost if they don't write them down. So, you know, making sure that they have a space to write all of their thinking and what they're seeing and all of that stuff down is so important. Like, can't ignore that piece. Yes. I mean, I will always, for every exploration, I always, I get like, a lot of people when you're thinking about explorations too, are kind of like, how do you get your students to, you know, where they need to be? And you know, when you give students like an exploration type of task, it's not just a free for all, like go figure it out, open, totally open inquiry. You're kind of guiding them there. And so there's always some sort of structured thing. Um, so it might be like a graphic organizer that kind of helps them focus their observations, or there might be some, uh, you know, some questions that help them, you know, hone in on where to what to notice and maybe um, hint at some connections to make and that's where they can be recording what they're noticing and what they're seeing and what they're thinking and the connections that they're making because like you said it would totally get lost in their brains if I don't write things down I totally forget every single like everything I still write things down and then I remember I forget where I wrote things down yeah, like yeah. where I wrote it down at <laughs> yeah so so that's where that interactive notebook piece comes in really handy like um because in the spring when we left school, we didn't have our interactive notebooks and it was just like a testament to how well they work because it was like kids remembered nothing. So yeah, that's really important. And then also you bring up a very good point of you don't just want them to, yeah. <laughs> you don't just want them to like 
go rogue in their exploration because I've definitely done that just to kind of like see what would happen and also like in my early NGSS days like oh maybe this is what they mean by this and it wasn't great so don't do that yeah I mean I like don't want to say you can never but I think if you have a goal you want to get to then don't do that you know if you want to just hey like let's see where we go here then sure but if you're like no these are the objectives I need to hit in the next three weeks like don't don't do that yeah Um, but yeah, so documenting your exploration is definitely, and then just keeping it all in that one, you know, that one place. And I think also when you're incorporating writing in all of those activities, that's a very low risk form of writing and your students just become accustomed to like, there's writing involved in science. And, you know, when we were started talking before, like right before we, we started recording here, you know, you pointed out that writing is just a part of this discipline and it's our job as science teachers to, to teach, write, to teach, you know, science writing. So, yeah, definitely. And also like with that low risk writing, they could like write stuff down and draw a little picture next to it. And, you know, like it's super informal. So however they want to document that that information they can and you'll see that students who feel more comfortable with like written words will will you know like put it more in in words and then other kids will like add a little you know diagrams or something like that into their observations so yeah you don't get the um you don't get the um there's less stress about like spelling and grammar and all of those things which i'm not saying are not important but sometimes those things can be a barrier to just communicating Mm -hmm. science ideas. And while sure, we definitely want our students to be able to communicate well. um, I also just want to talk to them about science, you know, so I would rather have them talk to me in whatever form about science and like get their ideas down than worry about whether they spelled those words right or they had periods in the right spots. So, um, so I think with that low risk, you know, style of writing is, it, it just opens up the communication in a more, you know, flowing way. Yeah, absolutely. And then from there, um, I think that a lot of times we forget that writing is a way that students can make meaning. Um, so by, you know, having some sort of explanation or, you know, really writing things out, it, it is a, a meaning making tool. It's not just a like an assignment. It helps them understand stuff. That is so true. I attended a workshop um, like at a conference a few years ago and it was a it was like a literacy workshop and I can't remember all of the details, but basically they were talking about how we like literally do, we process information as we're writing about it. And I think we, I mean, we, we see it kind of in personal, you know, lives when when people journal and they're like processing their thoughts and like what they think about things and you know on like a personal note or a personal level you know as you're writing things you have like realizations and you make connections and you um it just helps get things out of your head i i think that can happen in an academic sense too and i am sure there's research behind it at least i mean i I remember her talking about the research at the conference. I don't remember like what that research was, but, um, but like meaning making does happen during writing. So that could be a way to also engage students in 
in that. And that can be a challenge because again, sometimes students balk at writing. Um, but if it's like a low risk kind of thing, like, Hey, let's just write about our thoughts about this. Maybe nobody else is going to read it. Maybe it's just a, in your notebook, writing out your ideas before we have a discussion, you know, as a way to think about what you might want to say before we dive right in. Right. Um, I also, I really like exit tickets because it allows me to see something, but it's not like it's informal. It's very like, you know, like they're, they have a very limited amount of time. So they're the expectation that they're going to like write something beautiful is, you know, yeah. like, you know, it's, it's much lower. And then it, you know, like I can give them feedback, you know, pretty quickly, like just, you know, write something on a ticket, you know, like, oh yeah, I like how you did this. Um, and then also I think like one of the benefits of writing is that it allows everybody who's writing to see what they don't understand because if you're having trouble like explaining it then you're like oh man and I think that um that in your classroom if you have some sort of like mechanism to allow for that like hey I am able to explain this with my writing but I still have this question like you know in a graphic organizer form or something like that that that's really beneficial because it it helps the students to understand their own understanding that's so true. I notice when I'm reading things, sometimes I will think I understand. I'm like, oh, I just understand all this stuff here. But then if someone were to say like, well, what does this one word mean or something? I'd be like, oh, maybe I don't understand that word. I have no, I, I could not tell you what that word meant. Yeah. I mean, I understand like the gist of it, like this passage, but I don't actually know what that word means. But I would not have even noticed that I didn't understand it until I was actually forced to put it in my own words or explain it, you know? Mm -hmm. So having that, yeah, being forced to really recognize that I can't explain it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, like we've talked about it before, like um, I think you and I are both like verbal processors, <laughs> which yeah. is like why we, you know, have a podcast, but yeah. a lot of our students are not like that. And like having to express something verbally is very difficult for them. So, so just allowing for that other like mode of of thought and, you know, meaning making, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, okay. So, oh, and then about, we can also incorporate, so we talked about um, like documenting during the exploration, meaning like that meaning making, um, we have our conversations, you know, you can have the, you can have some meaning making writing before a discussion. You can have it after as like um, an exit ticket or any type, type of assignment like that. Uh, we can also incorporate it into like other assignments, like really short bursts of writing, like when we're modeling and, and even analyzing data. Like I love whenever I'm analyzing data, making my students write captions about what they see and what it means and interpreting um, what they're what they're observing from a map or from an image or from a graph or from a model. And, and those are little bursts of writing that we can incorporate um, into our classes basically, and, and not be spending like hours doing writing, but just little bits of, of that scientific, you know, right. Writing. Yeah, definitely. And I like, I love your, like what I see, what it means. And like, so having them like annotate on a graph or on a map or on a something, and then they can incorporate that as evidence into their, into their like CER or whatever it is that they're doing. Like, I think we've talked about before that, like, I tell them like the, what they see is their evidence and the, what it means is the reasoning. And then they can, you know, like have yeah. a, have a, they can take those little bursts and make it more like formal writing, I guess. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like a, a building point. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to like writing down important information, I guess when I think of that, I'm thinking that pages thinking about note taking and notes. Um, and I think that I do think there is a certainly value in our students having a place in like their notebooks or in one of their resources that the important information is pulled out and organized, you know, for that, like, I think by them, but, um, you know, not just in a textbook. I do think they need that important information pulled out, but I also am hesitant to, you know, traditional note-taking is often write this down, write that down, write that down. And I don't know that there is a ton of value when the activity stops there you know, when it's just copying, because I can mindlessly copy things and not even pay attention to what I'm copying. I mean, I can copy things and also pay attention, but I can also do it without even being aware of what I'm copying. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't even, when I read this question, I didn't even think about note-taking because we like just don't do it anymore in my class. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, uh, I don't know. I, it, I, it's, it's such a passive activity that I think that, that um, it's important that students are making their own notes as often as possible. And that also that there's some sort of a context that it's not just like, like, um, I don't know, like they're not just writing down content knowledge, like parts of a cell or something like that, like that they are, they're applying it to something else. Yes. So like, what might that, we we were kind of talking about like what that might look like. My thoughts were, it might be like, let's say you have your anchor phenomenon or just any level of phenomenon in your unit. Maybe this is like a practice kind of transfer after you've learned some of these um, vocabulary terms or cotton concepts and things. Um, And it's has to do with your, an invasive species, um, sea urchin invading California coast or whatever. And destroying kelp and making sea otters sad and all of that. Um, so sea otters are never sad. What are you talking about? They're so cute. (laughs) You have your, um, phenomenon. And so you might have students, you know, take everything they've learned, these science ideas, and then compile them on a, like a note-taking kind of page where, okay, here's my sea my sea urchin and this is an invasive species and then they add the definition of invasive species and so they're using like that definition to explain like this invasive species is eating up all the food that is in the kelp forest and and like then going you know outward from there and destroying the ecosystem and making the sea otter sad um (laughs) the cute little sea otters that can do some really bad things if you start Googling. No, yes. no, yeah. they're amazing. We, um, so I went to school. Well, they, well, don't they do bad things to seals? I don't care. They're cute. Okay. Well, um, also, so like the things they do, it's like not PG. They're, um, they, um, the seals like over in, is it seals or sea otters? I don't know. One of them like jumps into kayaks, like over in Santa Cruz. Like they like, will oh my gosh, really? yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, they are super cute. I think they're, I think they do bad things. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So uh, 
they are super cute though. And they lay on their backs and they like open up the little clams. Yeah. Yeah. I've been um, kayaking down in Monterey. Like if you ever side note, like if you ever have like money to like do something really, really cool, like that is probably the coolest thing that I've ever done because they are like right next to you in the kayak and like, it's so cool. We went to San Francisco for our honeymoon and then we went down to the Monterey Bay Aquarium just like for the day I wish we would have done that then yeah. um maybe someday we'll get back there yeah and all this craziness passes yeah hopefully it does yeah what were we saying I don't remember um anyway so maybe on like your document you have your phenomenon and they are basically taking their science their general science concepts but they're applying it to the specific situation so they have their description of the phenomenon they have like the food web or they have the um what's happening maybe it's a description maybe it's an article maybe it's something they wrote maybe it's their observations and now they're filling it in like now i know that sea urchin are an invasive species which is and they're explaining these like concepts in these terms so it's like a cross between notes and a cross between almost like an application it's a formative assessment even um so it's kind of tying it all together so they're actually manipulating the general notes that you normally would have given them because why have them sit and copy you know, spend 30 minutes handwriting a bunch of definitions. Like I said, maybe they get it in their brain if they're paying attention, or maybe they're just like mindlessly doing it while they're watching TV and not even, I mean, because in their, they're in their homes right now, right? right. Um, or they may, you know, whatever. But they are mindlessly wa- copying it down while they're doing something else and they're not even paying attention to what they're writing. Well, if they have to actually take that information and do something with it, that's a little bit different. So we can have our students, you know, take the information, maybe give them a printout of the, or like send them a document with the vocabulary and then have them do something with that vocabulary instead, or those concepts or whatever, after they've discovered it. I think that's a more meaningful way of note taking. Or even, um, I've been seeing people do like partial models and then having them like having their students do like notes on the partial model, like, like, and, and some people have been doing like really amazing stuff with that. And I think that that, yeah, it's really Where cool. Where did you see that? I haven't seen anything like that. Um, I don't know. I think maybe on one of the Facebook groups or maybe on Instagram or something. I don't know. But, and then also we have curriculum now. So I'm also seeing, you know, like stuff coming in from there. Like not, yeah. not all of the curriculum pieces are bad. I'm kind of liking having like a different, you know, different yeah. perspective of, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Something to like build from. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's not, it's not the end all be all, but it's, it's nice to have a little bit of extra input. Yeah. Not doing it from scratch. I don't blame you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, it's just moving away from here's all the content and I'm going to just dump it on you at the end and rather like, let's do something with that content. So like maybe you're incorporating it, incorporating it into a model. Maybe you are using it, um, just in some other way, you know, using it to explain that phenomenon, um, just doing something with it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So I hope we answered Paige's question. I think we definitely talked about a lot of different ways we can incorporate writing in science. Um, and I think it is important to recognize, like it is definitely our job to incorporate writing and to teach writing as it's, you know, 
in like in science, like how we write in science. And it is different than we write in other disciplines. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also important that teachers don't feel like they need to add all of the, well, I need to teach them all the grammar stuff and all of the, how to write a paragraph. And I mean, I don't think you need to get caught up in all of that stuff. We have a limited amount of time, right? Like, sure. It would be wonderful if we had time to really dive into all of that. I mean, maybe one, I don't know. I, oh, I don't want to do that. I, no. <laughs> maybe not wonderful, but like, maybe it'd be really good for our students if we did, yeah. but, but, um, but but we don't need to, you don't need to do all that. You know, when it comes to grammar, even like when you're, you do a CER for an assessment and you have an essay, like you don't have to circle every single grammatical error. Circle one, jot down the note and they can extrapolate from there that I need to put periods at the end of my sentences or they cannot. I mean, again, focus on the science stuff. Um, you know, yeah, absolutely. Like but writing in science is a part of the discipline. It's part of communicating and, and we do need to incorporate that skill. Yeah. I don't even, um, especially since we're electronic now, it's not as easy for me to like, I can't circle stuff oh, like, yeah. I, you know, like, so I don't even say anything unless it like, unless it disrupts the meaning, like, you know, oh, like, yeah. you know, like run on sentences where I'm like, what is happening here? Um, you know, like I will note stuff that takes away from the meaning and that's generally enough. That's really all you need to do. Yeah. That's yeah, that's true. I mean, if it, if it, if you can still understand what they're trying to communicate, yeah. um, like it's a lot of effort to do something to really spell it out. We'll survive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll survive too. <laughs> Um, awesome. Well, I'm glad that we got to talk about this topic and it's not, you know, one of the ones I feel like that we always talk about like literacy and things, but I think it's definitely something worth talking about. Cause as we said, it's still part of the discipline. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of teaching science in 3d and, you know, catch us next week. <laughs> we'll talk Bye. to you. <laughs> Bye. Hi, everyone. It's Erin. If you're interested in having your question featured on our podcast, go to teachingsciencein3d.com slash questions. You can submit your questions in writing or submit an audio file that we'll feature on the podcast. And if you're enjoying this podcast, we would appreciate it so much if you could rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. You can get detailed podcast recaps at teachingsciencein3d.com. And you can connect with us on Instagram at teachingscience underscore in 3D or on Facebook at teachingsciencein3d. We look forward to hearing from you. Making sure that your lessons are three-dimensional isn't always easy. While you don't need to include all three dimensions every single day, you do want to make sure that each dimension is regularly addressed. I developed a really simple 3D planner to help keep me focused. It helps me track which pieces I'm using in my daily lesson plans. It only takes me five minutes to fill out, and it helps me notice patterns in my own lesson planning. For example, when I first started using it, I noticed I wasn't including the cross-cutting concepts as often as I thought I was. Just by recognizing this, I was able to focus on this one piece and improve my lessons. Right now, you can grab the same template that I use for my own planning for free. 
Go to sadlerscience.com slash 3D planner to grab yours. That's sadlerscience.com slash 3D planner.